And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's fantastic, phenomenal, always fun, usually somewhat fascinating. Friday as we head into the weekend, not being afraid even if the earth gives way or the mountains fall into the seas because our help comes from the Lord. First up. I'm a pretty active guy. I try to keep myself active spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, far from perfect or anything close. I sincerely appreciate the grace and mercy of God. I receive it positionally and practically and situationally. But similar to everyone who has an authentic Christian walk for more than 10 minutes, I get weary. That's not a surprise, but this might surprise you. First uh, Colossians chapter 1 verse 29 says according to the energy of him that is a direct greek translation here it is energia the root from the english word energy power in action i need his energy you too you need his energy And next, Jesus emptied his last breath of his own choosing unfortunately some terrible And wicked comedians have been trying to connect this act of love to something less. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. But the key is that this moment changed the nature of our relationship with God. We went from old to new. And the curtain was ripped from top to bottom. That means that God is the one who tore it. And finally, whacking others with the word of God. People use the law to kill, and they use use the word of God as the law to kill other people, and they're yucky when they do it. By kill, I mean spiritually kill. People who use the spirit to bring life are cool people. Be cool. Don't be yucky. We're commanded to use his word and to use his word to bring life, not death. So let's... Speak life. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanity is annoying. So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us during the show live. It's fun. 214-210-8483. Remember, if you text and you have a sarcastic sense of humor or you've got something going on, it will not offend me. I promise you. You can say pretty much whatever you want. If you don't like the show, then my advice to everybody is what? 
well, then don't listen. <laughs> just kind of, but most people really enjoy it. Don't worry about text me. I never take those texts in a bad light. Also, you can call us 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you make that phone call, you'll end up talking to Captain Chris. Let me explain to you exactly what that's like. That's like being in Texas on July 1st at 2 o'clock in the afternoon as we head into a three-day weekend. Oh, wait, that's exactly what it's like. And then you will be... Come on, that's a good one. <laughs> I mean, that sounds spot on. It's like spot on exactly what it's like to talk to you. Okay, anyway. Uh, here's the bottom line. If you have a praise report or a prayer request, we want you to reach out to us. It's uh, not going to help you to be on roller skates and, you know, you know, roller skating in front of your house. That's not going to help. It could be fun unless there's little rocks down there, and then that's not fun. So the bottom line is reach out to us in one of those ways. It can be a prayer request. It could be a praise report. Uh, it could even be Bible trivia as long as I don't give the answer away before I finish asking the question. Apparently, I'm pretty good at uh, In the parable of the ten virgins, how many virgins went in to the wedding banquet with the ba- 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 bridegroom? <laughs> if you think you know the answer, you better bail me out fast. Uh, <laughs> the number is 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483, as well as you can send an email, David, at he must increase.org. You know, there's some days I just here's here's what really here's what it really comes down to. Some days I just need help. Help. Alright, we'll do a quick uh, prayer for the United States and for Ukraine, and then we'll get to the trivia question, and then uh, we'll have that answer, and then we'll get into the teaching. So let's pray. Father, we come before you right now. And you know what, Lord? We thank you for our country. We don't, you know, a lot of us don't like where it's heading, what's going on, but you know what? We thank you that we have such freedom. We can listen on the radio, talk to one another, pray for one another. We have a lot of freedom, and we really appreciate that. That freedom only comes because of your grace. And we pray that you will have mercy on our country so that it does not get wiped out. And if it's going to be wiped out, Lord, then let that be something uh, that in your plan that you retrieve us first and grab us first so that we don't care because we'll be with you. That'd be awesome. And then Ukraine, Lord, we pray for peace and the explosion of the gospel. I pray that evangelists would grow out of that country knowing that you've saved so many and had so much mercy when mankind itself is trying to be self-destructive. We lift them all up before you and pray your grace and mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, somebody ready to answer a trivia question? Send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Yes, sir. It's Will Rogers. How are you, sir? I'm wonderful. I hope you're even better. You know, I am doing really, really well, and I'm going to tell you, Last night, after after the show, I came home, and by the grace of God, I turned a big corner on my paper and have got most everything. I'm 98% done with everything. Happened last well, congratulations. night. Congratulations. Oh, I'm so glad. And so then I, I was making fun of it. I was kind of like being all excited, and my wife was like, are you going to be this annoying all the way up until you get your uh, oral defense? And I said, yes. <laughs> 
because I, I am going to be a little annoying about it. All right, here you go. In the parable of the ten virgins, how many virgins went into the wedding banquet with the bridegroom? Only the five who had the oil. That is correct! Correct the mundo. The five were five were prepared and ready. The other five weren't. They weren't prepped, and they're like, "Give us yours," and then they're like, "We're not sharing." That's a lesson for people, isn't it? There you go. <laughs> Excellent job, my brother. Very good work. Yes, sir. My my picture is uh, in parallel with the wheat and the tares. Oh yeah, some are ready good. and some aren't. Yep, you got it. Very good. Very very good. Good job. You're a treasure. I appreciate you, brother. You have a blessed day, sir. All right. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. So, uh, yeah, that's a great, great thing there. All right. What, what am I doing? Where am I? Is this a show? Oh, okay. That's right. I turned the corner. You ready for this teaching? This can be fun. All right. Psalm 23, verse 3. Ready? He gives me new strength. He guides me in the right paths as he has promised. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I love my faith. I mean, I wish it was better. I mean, I wish my walk with God was closer. I wish I would stop doing stupid things. I, I almost get irritated myself when I come before the Lord and go, here I am again. <laughs> it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, but it's just honest. You might as well just be honest. He knows anyway, right? But one thing that I love in the, in the framework is there are times where I can go into the Word of God, and there are times where I go into prayer, and man, it is as though the universe in that moment changes. It's just like, eh, I don't know what it is. It's, I don't know if it's the suspension of the, of the flesh or if it's the advancement of the spirit. You know, it's like kind of hard to define. But this psalm says he gives me new strength. And it's just like, ah, that's what I want. I haven't done terrible, but I haven't done great, great. But it doesn't matter because I feel depleted a lot. And the only way to get out of that depletion, I know everyone's going to want to say, well, exercise and diet and so on and so forth. I get it. I get it. But I'm going to go with him who can take a dead body and raise it to life. See, see, there, that, I need that strength. I need the strength from God. I need the energy from God. I mean, literally, Colossians 1.29 makes it clear that that word energia, the root for our where we get energy. That's that word means uh, William Barclay wrote a, a a paper on that's power in action. I need that, and God's the one who gives it. Psalm twenty three. Who doesn't know Psalm twenty three? Right, the Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. He gives me new strength. Do you feel like you need new strength? Guess where it comes from? The Lord. He guides me in the right paths as he promised. He promises to guide us. He promises to strengthen us. He promises to be with us. And sometimes when you feel kind of like burnt, he's the one that restores you.
Isn't that great? Just, God is so cool. You just got to – how cool is that? That's totally cool. All right. Take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Have you ever wanted to get involved with a ministry that promotes Jesus Christ as Lord, but just don't know how? Serving in ministry is a matter of devotion, time, and talent. Are you looking for a place to try and test the waters? Do you want to get involved? Come join the Ambassadors Initiative. Be an ambassador for the David Spoon Experience. It doesn't pay great. Actually, it doesn't pay anything. But the eternal benefits are out of this world. Be a representative. Why not? It couldn't hurt. Well, we hope not anyway. You don't need to be a professionally qualified minister. You need to have a pulse. By that, we mean you need to have a heart. Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website and then click on the Ambassador's Initiative link. Fill out the form and we will reach out to you. Sorry. No parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position. What is the David Spoon experience? GOP congressman's gay son was going to come on their show, and they were going to talk to him, and CNN and MSNBC canceled the interview because he wouldn't criticize his father. He wouldn't downgrade his father because his father maintained his beliefs. His son becomes gay— makes a decision, by the way, to become gay. And the son will not criticize the father who does not change his Christian convictions, will not change them. Father won't change him. Son will not criticize the father for that. MSNBC and CNN both canceled their interviews because the guy would not crucify his father. That is, of all things as low as the press can go. It's incredible, and it's never been done before. And you can be the first person in your neighborhood to win. What is it? It's a contest. How do I play? It's simple, and there's three ways to win. You can go to Facebook, type in David Spoon Media, and on any Facebook post, type in the word Jesus in the comment section, and it's free. You can also send an email to davidspoonmedia at gmail.com and write the word Jesus in the subject line. Or you can go to YouTube and give a comment on any video, but you have to use the word Jesus. This is your chance to win, and it's free. What do I win? You can win 100 thank yous right on air. It's incredible. It's unbelievable, but it's only for a limited time. Enter now. Here's a taste. Thank you for listening to the David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. We're getting ready for our next trivia question, which does require the horn. 
Okay, one more time. It's that intense. True or false, in the book of Ruth, Boaz was entitled to marry Ruth as he was her husband's nearest kin. True or false? If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at org. I have in my hand a few uh, jokes, very short, simple, easy ones. Are we ready with the buzzer? Are we ready? All right, here is the uh, first one. Uh, a uh, Western uh, soldier uh, was tickled to see a native warrior leaning on a tree and reading the Bible. The native spear was kept standing against the tree. The scene is so comical to the Westerner that he blurts out to his uh, counterpart, you, you reading the Bible? Native warrior looks up slowly and calmly and says, if I'm not reading the Bible, you'll be in there, pointing to a boiling pot. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> okay, it's kind of funny. This one is hilarious. Okay. Uh, pilot, pilot to control tower, pilot to control tower. We are at 800 feet from landing and 250 feet high, and our petroleum is completely dry. Please advise over. Tower to the pilot. Tower to pilot, tower to pilot. Repeat after me. Our Father who art thou in heaven. <laughs> Ah, waka, waka. <laughs> How funny is that? <laughs> Come on, that's a good one. All right, this is a funny saying. To live with the saints above, oh, it's glory. To live with the saints below, oh, it's a different story. <laughs> that's so funny. All right, then this will be the last one. <laughs> uh, you just have to put up with me, folks. It's Friday, and these are funny. All right. <laughs> New member of the congregation. So this is a new member of the congregation, and he's talking to the pastor. Okay, so this is kind of like the conversation between pastor and new member of the church trying to kind of get a feel for the church. Okay, all right, here we go. So the new member asks the pastor, Pastor, how many members are active in your church? The pastor said, 100% of the people are active in our church. The new member said, 100%? He said, how, how can you be so sure of that, Pastor? The pastor replied, oh, yes. 50% are actively for me, and 50% are actively against me. <laughs> That's a good one right there. All right, I'll just laugh on my own. Uh, what do you got, somebody uh, for their trivia question? Send them on through. Knock, knock, this is David. Who am I talking to? Ronnie. Hey, how are you? Doing great. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. All right. This is kind of a sneaky question, so you can get Okay, here we go. True or false, in the book of Ruth, Boaz was entitled to marry Ruth as he was her husband's nearest kin. False. You are correct, sir! That is false. He was not. He was the second Closest. That is exactly right. Excellent job. Did you know that right away? 
Uh, I knew it. I, I, I read the Old Testament quite a bit. Yeah, there you go. Great, great job. And then, so he could have been a kin. He, he wanted to be the kinsman redeemer, but he had to wait one, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, in, fact, in fact, you know, you want to tell a story. The guy didn't want to do it because he had had a lot of stuff, and he had already had children, so he didn't want to dive off into that. Exactly. And so he. He relinquished his rights. That's exactly it. In fact, it was a it was a mutual thing. It's like, yeah, that's too much for me to take on. I can't do that right now. And it's like, okay, well then you got to pass it over to me because I'm willing. And it's like, okie dokie. And you know, the whole thing is set up by God, which is amazing because of how it was set up. Fantastic the way it happened. So excellent job, brother. Very very good work. Hey, well, thank you, David. Oh, hey, well, I, I need a prayer for someone. Say that again. I need a prayer. I need a prayer for someone. I got someone to need. Okay, you need prayer for somebody. Who? What's the, what's what's going on? Uh, the gentleman. He's a pastor. And I'm not gonna give his name. Okay. And uh, there's some division because uh, he, he has his ministry, but his wife is following somebody else, and and they're misleading her by making her a prophetess, and that you know what that does. That makes him not be the priest of the house. Yeah, so and he's a so, little deception. She's trying to. Uh, she won't go. She won't go to church to involve herself with his ministry, and uh, the people are misleading her. All right, let's let's pray over this real quick. We can pray with me. Pray with me real quickly. Okay, here we go. Father, we come before you right now, and you know what, Lord? We pray that any demonic activity that's bringing confusion would just, Lord, you would just reveal it, expose it. What we're looking for is for your will, your purpose, your plan, and for clarity. And you made it absolutely uh, forthright within the Scripture that we need to take heed to our ministries. And I just pray that you would put that on people's hearts and minds so that it would be about the business of their Father. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen, brother. You keep us posted, okay? okay? All right, you got it. All right, God bless you. Okay. All right. So sometimes a little hard to hear. I didn't couldn't hear it at the end, but we'd be praying for you. Would you keep us posted and let us know what's going on? All right, what do we got? We got two and a half minutes, three minutes. I don't know. The one joke was really funny. Repeat after me, our father, our daughter. <laughs> That's that's funny. Okay. All right, here we go. Uh Mark 15, 37, 38. You want to this is you're gonna get three minutes of theology that if we could pick this up, we'd be brilliant. I can't do it, so but just listen to what this says. Uh Mark Mark 15, 37, 38. Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. Verse 38. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Okay, super important, right? Jesus died. That's the breathed his last part, okay? Not to the resurrection yet, so everybody calm down. Though that whole process is going on, there was a testimony from God at the moment of Jesus' death. Now, you know you got the earthquake coming and so on and so forth, right? Okay, but the curtain in the temple, it was a, it was a, exceedingly thickly knit curtain. It's not like a curtain you think in your house, right? you got to think of like uh, maybe four, three inches thick, four inches thick. And it's, it, 
it represented the covenant, the Old Testament covenant. And when Jesus died, that curtain was torn, now listen, from the top down. God's side tore it. Oh, see, this is like, when you get into stuff like this, you just sit there and go, okay, I got nothing. Because it's beyond you and I in a certain sense. Jesus, his last cry, he empties his breath. You know what that's like. The curtain, which represents the old covenant, is torn. It's ripped. It's over. It's done. It's just that it's torn from top to bottom because God tore it up. What did that do? That made way for the new covenant. It's like holding out, holding out, holding out. The Lord knew that, that mankind wasn't going to hold up their end of it. So that, that was I mean, Jesus was you know before the foundation of the earth. The, the plan of Christ was involved, but giving man that every opportunity, and then when it, Jesus made that ultimate sacrifice, at that moment God said, "Done." Here, let me help you. Ready? This is it. Done. Get that? It's over. And from the old to the new. Does that mean there's not great stuff in the old? Oh, that's silly. Come on. There's so much good stuff in there. Well, you, you, you're not reading the Psalms. You should be reading the Psalms every day anyway. And there's so much great material between the end of Malachi and the beginning of Genesis. It's just incredible. There's fantastic teaching. One of the best areas in the world, in my opinion, is First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings and the history of Israel and how God intervenes and how dumb they are. But then some people have brilliant moments. And it's like so cool. It's like the coolest drama ever, right? That's all great stuff. But that's an old covenant, and now there's a new covenant. And if you remember Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, you had Moses and Elijah that were on that mountain. Moses representing the law. He was actually there, by the way. And Elijah, he was actually there, by the way, representing the prophets. And the father said, this is my son. Listen to him. And that just made all the difference in the world. Right there. And by the way, side side note, because I love these side notes. How is it that Peter, James, and John knew it was Elijah and Moses since they didn't have any pictures? And people say, well, we know each other? Well, those guys knew those guys, and they did. Are you kidding? And those guys were Larry, Moe, and Curly. So, yeah, I'm going to go yes. The idea behind it is the power behind it. God is making a testimony. You guys blew it. I'm going to take over both sides and make it work because if I leave it in your hands, it'll get messy. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. For taking our side of it. Okay? All right. All right. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770 Truth Station here in Texas. Going to take a short break, then come back. Don't go anywhere. Here we go. Let me give you an update on Easton Scott. A lot of tough stuff that my daughter and my son-in-law have been going through. Uh, I did send an email out. I don't know if, Julie, if you got the email or not. I did. send it out to everybody. So he was going through 20 and 30 seizures per episode, and they've got that down to a dramatically less amount. But 
The sad news is that from a medical point of view, uh, Easton does not, it does not appear as, according to the doctors, that he will be able to speak or will be able to care for himself. And so what the result of that is, is that Julianne and Jared, my son-in-law and my daughter, have recognized that God has put them in a position to be the best parents to love Easton Scott with all that they can and give them the best life that they can. But while that's going on, they're not going to stop believing that something can change. And the doctors even said... This is territory we don't even know. Right, because this, this is a problem that not very many people have had. So Very few. Everybody is different. Yeah, and, they're, and they're, they have like 230 total cases in the world that they have records on, which is like, so they're like, we don't know. Right. And it's like, so I, I just want to read this one thing my daughter wrote. It's a fantastic. She wrote this, uh, you know, it's not easy to sit there and write a Facebook post that tells all the things you've been going through. And so I'm not going to read everything, but I'm going to read the last paragraph because I thought that was really significant. She wrote, scientifically, Easton does not have much of a chance. His best case scenario is he may possibly be able to walk and say three to five words one day. But God can help him. He's not afraid of impossible odds. And if Easton is healed one day, there will be no question as to where it comes from. It will not be because of therapy. And it will not be because of medication or diet. It will be because of God's undeniable healing power. So in the meantime, we choose to raise a hallelujah and trust in God. Ladies and gentlemen, that is faith. Now, the the idea that it's going to be simple and everything's going to be great and they're trying to make pie in the sky, that doesn't exist at all. If you read this, and, and I think Wonder Julie can attest to it, she tells you this is ugly. This, right. this is a not a good situation. It's going to change our lives. He's never going to be able to be unattended. It doesn't look good. And, you know, as a parent, you're heartbroken. They have two other children. They don't want to have any loss in their communication with their kids, but they're going to have to give extra attention. They were going to have a fourth child. They're not sure they're going to do that now. So you got a lot of things in play. But what you can't deny is that my I, I will take I won't take credit, but I'll stand in there as a grandparent and as a parent and say, what a fantastic position of faith that my daughter has grown into. She has made the determination that she will do the best that she can as a human being to give this child the best life she can, and she will not quit hoping. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Get ready for this trivia question. You will like it. Which Old Testament wife cursed her husband for continuing to believe in God after his family and livestock had been killed and had been inflicted with illness? Which Old Testament wife didn't like the scenario? Joanne and Cordelia. I can't believe it. I knew this was going to happen. Al and Cordelia and Joanne did it at the same time, and they basically gave the same answer. I mean, just like the specialized answer. Very good people. Very, very good. Ah, uh, 
that's amazing. Uh, okay, if you think you know, you can. What do we do? Uh, you can call in 972 445 0770. You can also text in 214 210 8483. You can send an email, david at he must org. Now, here we send you to the website and i blah 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 we need money go to he must increase.org prayer request he must increase.org praise report he must increase.org looking to give to this ministry he must increase.org confused by what's happening right now he must increase.org he must increase.org amazing about that it gets shorter every time i hear it <laughs> is that the weirdest thing it's like that I, what isn't there more what okay uh somebody ready to answer the trivia question excellent job captain chris thank you very much uh send them on through knock knock this is david who am i talking to yes this is gary how are you doing today i'm doing good gary i'm i'm just like uh just feeling like a little bit of weight has been lifted off me and Going into a nice weekend, and hopefully, uh, and my wife and I will get some extra time just hanging out together. So I'm doing pretty good. I'm actually, well, that's good. That's good. Thank the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right, my brother. Which Old Testament wife cursed her husband for continuing to believe in God after his family and livestock had been killed, and he'd been inflicted with illness? Job. That is correct, sir. It was Job's wife that just couldn't hold on. And you, you feel bad in a certain sense because it's not like it just happened to Job, the, it, the sickness part, but the, all those losses, they happened to her too, and just too much for her to bear. But not for Job. He was able to hang in there and stand firm, even though even though it wasn't easy. He did, he did a good job. So excellent job, Gary. Very good. And I'll continue to pray for you. Thank for you, my brother. You. I appreciate it very, very much. Okay. Well. God bless you. All right, here we go. Uh, let's do, we'll do our DNA after this, or then the next segment, so just want to be in that one. Let's do history real quickly. Let's go. All right, now there's some question about this one, but I'm just going to say it's supposed to technically be Canada Day, which is kind of weird because it was already the Can Canadian National Anthem. So I don't know. I think they're stealing space there. I don't know how that goes. Anyway, uh, it's Creative Ice Cream Flavors Day. That part I like. I, You know, I had a cousin that owned a 31 Baskin-Robbins 31 flavors, uh, and uh, I like all the weird flavors. I like flavors that are chocolate that have peanut butter in them. Just that's like, a good flavor. That's just like the best. I, for me, I like that. And then the gobs of the, you know, the stuff you're not supposed to like. What's the stuff there? The, the the cookie dough. I love gobs of cookie dough. That's just, that's just so gobby. Uh, let's see. Today is International Chicken Wing Day, and that is one of my faves. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's, it's it's pizza, 
Is that's my favorite pizza? I love Chinese food. I love sushi. I love all the food. So I really, okay, uh, okay, maybe not all foods, but I love many, many foods. But chicken wings are exceedingly high on my list. Just so you can know. And then uh, National Ginger Snap Day. I'm just gonna go in and say, yeah, okay, it's not a chicken wing. Uh, <laughs> that would be how I'd respond. Uh, 1881, the world's first international telephone call took place between the United States and Canada. <laughs> so one person stood on one line and the other, and they were probably 10 feet apart, but uh, that's right. Uh, 1870, started the United States Department of Justice. I don't know what happened to those guys. Uh, in 1963, the United States mail started using zip codes. Isn't that weird? Can you imagine the time they didn't have zip codes? It's like, really? Snail mail. Yeah, snail, snail mail, right? And the first TV commercial ever aired on this day in 1941, and of all places, New York. And it was for Bolivia watches. Wow. Did not know that. That's uh, interesting info. All right, so we did that. We did the trivia. What else? We've got to do the teaching now. Okay. Looking forward to the weekend? <laughs> Try not to smile so wide. Okay, all right. All right, this is called Whacking Others with the Word. <laughs> so just slow down. Luke 6, 6 through 9. On another Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and was teaching, and a man was there whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and the Pharisees watched him to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath so that they might find a reason to accuse him. But Jesus knew their thoughts, and he said to the man with the withered hand, Come and stand here. And he rose and stood there, and Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to destroy it? There's a hurt person, a person who's wounded, they want to see if Jesus is going to heal this person, not to affirm that he's from God, right? But so that they can accuse him for working on the Sabbath. So I just, I just want you to catch the flavor of legalism seeping through as Jesus is in where he's in the, he's in the synagogue so it's not like he's you know he's not on the street he's in the synagogue he's in the place where people are supposed to have faith in God they're supposed to believe in God they're supposed to trust in God and know his miraculous power these are the children of Israel who God split the red sea for and all they want to know is, is he going to bust the law? Well, you just think about that. That legalism is so far away from God, and yet it's so close in the church today when people say, well, is this going to, are they going to do this? Is they, this? It's like people look for things to see if other people broke the rules. And it's like, I'm pretty confident that Jesus would say, wrong. <laughs> I, mean, I, just, I just don't have any problem. Because the idea is that the doing good part is in opposition to the letter of the law. And what is it that Jesus said? You should do good. You should not. Do. The law was given so that man can be benefited. 
So if there's something that's going to truly benefit somebody, it's not going to be a breach of the law if it's into. And then on top of that, nobody even talks about since when did healing become a work? In other words, you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath, so no healing. Wait, what? How is healing a war? It's not like you're punching a clock and you're going in and you're on a line and you're, you're doing rivets. He's healing somebody. And so this is the kind of thing that Jesus, he, this is, of all the things that Jesus disliked, this was, these were the things that bubbled up at the top. And don't kid yourself, Jesus didn't like this at all. It boiled over at the, I'm going to now take a cord, a bunch of cords, put it together, make a whip, and drop every, drop everybody out of the temple. I mean, that's where it boiled over. But the idea behind this is to catch Jesus is mad at them because they're so committed to the letter. 2 Corinthians 3.6, he has made us competent as ministers of the new covenant. Just talked about the new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. That's what Jesus is talking about. It's like, so now there's a new covenant, and we're supposed to not use the letter to kill. And that's why I said whacking others with the word, because people try and use it and go, well, it says this, and it says this, and you can't do this, and God says no, and it doesn't matter if you're helping. That attitude is the wrong spirit. It is a sinful spirit. And these people who are supposed to be instructing, they have no actual desire to help people or teach people, instruct people. They're trying to pick apart people. There's a lot of people who name the name of Christ who operate that way. And say, I know you hear me, you hear me say it a lot. You know, I I I I try to be an equal opportunity offender. It's <laughs> the best I can. In the sense that we're all a mess. But we're supposed to be God's mess, and that's where it's supposed to stop. Not, but I'm better because I know this letter better. Mm. You're better if you know God better. That's when you're better. Okay? All right. Take a break, and then we'll come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Most of my life it feels like I've been running Running and running and running What is the David Spoon Experience? Imagine yourself on a rocket ship racing at a thousand miles an hour into space. Once there, you can sense the power and the presence of the majestic and the divine. You forget about your troubles and your fears and you just float in peace without a worry in the world. There are no struggles, no pain, no discomfort. It's soothing, calm, comfortable. But then the show starts and you realize that none of that stuff has anything to do with the show. What were you thinking? The David Spoon Experience, only for the brave of heart and the bored. What is the David Spoon experience? Bibles are very cool looking. You can have them electronically. You can have them in your phone. You have them in your computer. There's tons of apps. There's also cool looking book Bibles. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there. It's great. Here's the bottom line. All that's fancy and fantastic and useless if you don't read it 
and believe it and process it. For those that are trying to figure out, uh, first of all, well, why is it that the Bible is uh, its own unique entity? What's the deal in that? Well, the same breath that went into creating Adam, which was creating creation of man, that same breath went into the Bible. And so 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is God-breathed. That's the breath of God. And the breath of God that went into Adam is the breath of God that goes into the book, which is why this is a unique book. And then people are get, they get really upset, and they go, well, hold on now. Hold on now, Dave. The, the, the problem there is, you know, that, that there's just so many people that have been a part of uh, writing the Bible. In fact, there's about 40 authors spanning about 3,000 years in all different types of positions in life. But here's the great thing about Christian faith. If you believe that God created the universe, you're going to step out on that big ledge and go, well, if he created the universe, he can probably write a book. Well, the amazing part about the book itself is not just the self-proclamations of the book, but you get into the prophecies, and it's an amazing, amazing element that every single prophecy has been fulfilled exactly, and yet there are some to come, and we will see those fulfilled. But while you're engaging in the Word of God, here's something you need to be aware of that Christians do not recognize, that that word where it says, for the Word of God is alive, is zone in the Greek. If we were doing a Greek word, that'd be zone. And that word means alive, to live. Jesus used that word in Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, where he says, Behold, I am alive, and I live forevermore. Same word. And the word of God is alive. And you think, well, this is just a book. It is just a book, except for when you're reading the word of God and the Holy Spirit connects you to the word of God, it becomes something altogether different. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where we're offering up now our very last Bible trivia question before we head into the July 4th weekend. Mm. In the New Testament, who had no union with his wife until she gave birth to their child? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email David at he must increase.org. At this point, we will do our DNA because we need to do our DNA because it's DNA time. That's why. Uh, D stands for draw closer to the Lord daily. Daily. <laughs> so, many, so many jokes you can come up with on daily. You know what I'm saying? I thought the daily planet was still the best one, but daily, every day, just spend some time with the Lord. I mean, this doesn't, it doesn't have to be perfect, and you don't have to say everything right. You know, God knows when you mess up and you're praying. God knows. He's not like, going, oh, did you hear that? You know, it's, it's not happening. And never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. And I, I just the reason I make this such a big deal is because this is going to be the issue coming up in the next 10 years. The, the world will completely try to make 
uh, anybody who believes in Jesus' words ridiculed. I'm just telling you it's coming no matter what. You just got to never be ashamed of what Jesus had to say. And then, A, always be ready. To serve. To serve, which means we are sensitive to the Lord and him using us anywhere in any way. And then also we are aware of other people and how they're doing. Speaking of other people and how they're doing, some people want to know how Deborah's doing. I have not gotten an update, so let's pray for her, as well as some of their other members who are struggling physically. Let's take care of that. Good thinking, Joanne and Cordelia. Uh, let's pray. Father, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Man, we are so blessed to be your kids. Love it, Lord. We love it. We don't get everything. We don't do everything perfect, but we we are fully embraced in you. We just love your existence that you've put your heart into us. You've put your mind into us. That's so awesome. All we really want is more of you. That would be the solution to everything. We just pray for our, our sister Deborah that you would bring healing into her body. And help some of the people also uh, who are who are hurting in our body. You've got different people in our body who have daughters and granddaughters who are hurting. People who are really struggling. Some people are struggling with addictions. And some people are struggling with just the frustrations of life. We pray for the outpouring of your grace and your mercy. Because that will make it right. Pour out your grace and mercy, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, so uh, we took care of that. We took care of that. And I don't have any others. If I get any news on anybody, I will let, let people know. But I don't have anything new on uh, most. We, we have a lot now. See, you, it's, it used to be like one person or two people. Now we're at like the 20. <laughs> It's like 20 different people are praying for us. Like, okay. So when you're praying, by the way, for the audience, you don't have to uh, remember every single one. Okay, I'm just, I'm just relieving you from the bizarreness of that. Uh, just, Lord, the people in the audience, you, know, you don't have to – if you can mention them, great. If you can't, you don't have to feel bad about that. Okay? Don't let the enemy – and believe me, the enemy tries to attack while you're praying. If you, don't think, if you think you're praying and that makes the enemy leave, <laughs> you're – yeah, really? <laughs> really? Do you see the disciples when they all fell asleep? Okay. Anyway, uh, you know when they were supposed to be praying with Jesus? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So we'll just move on from that. Uh, I want to talk to you about this one last thing. So we've been talking about these these uh, kind of like the covenant connection. The old covenant, the, the, the curtain was torn from top to bottom. And then we're talking just now, we just did a teaching on the spirit versus the letter. In the new covenant, it's the spirit versus the letter. I want you to see this thing, uh, which I, I find to be amazing, and I might not do a great job communicating it, so just bear with me if I don't. Most of the rest of the show has been really good, so you can just you know put up with five minutes of not as great. You know, that's okay. All right, uh, Luke chapter 6, 12 and 13. In these days, Jesus went to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples and chose from them 12 whom he named apostles. And I want to go down to verse 17. And he came down with them and stood on a level place with the great crowd, with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of the people from all over Judea, Jerusalem, and the seacoast of, of Tyre and Sidon. Jesus was communing with the Father. He was on a mountain communing with the Father. You know that between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, there was, you know, let's say a conference. <laughs> and they were in gathering, right? And they were uh, communing. 
Then Jesus chooses his team. You get the disciples, and just like, okay, so we're gonna get these are gonna be the guys, and uh, really uh, important to understand that these are the people that I'm gonna be pouring myself into. Even though one of them would be a traitor, Jesus still poured himself into Judas, no matter what anybody says. But then it says this weird thing in verse 17 that I'd like you to pick up on. This is not the primary interpretation in the sense that this is not the content, but this is a dynamic application principle, which means that there's an an application here that we can use that can give us some additional insight. In verse 17, it says, He came down to them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and the great multitude. He basically stepped off the mountain— onto a level ground with the people. And by saying that, I want you to catch this. He didn't drop to the people's sinful level, but he went from the mountaintop to the level where the people were so he could connect with the people. Sometimes you and I, we have these fantastic engagements with God where the Lord really speaks to us and or we're really getting it or his presence is really overwhelming us and uh, it, we love it and you can just you just know that you're you're in touch with the supernatural I mean it's all cool and stuff but you can't you can't walk in that loft in every engagement with every person you meet sometimes you have to be on their level. And what that means is you have to humble yourself and recognize, even though I just spent time with God, he's put this person in my life, and I need to be at their level to communicate with them and talk with them. And what you want to do ultimately is communicate that radiance or that greatness that God gave you to them, but you don't want to do it arrogantly. So Jesus was superior and should have been served by everybody, but he humbled himself to meet the people so he was able to relate to the people. And the, the point of this is simply this. Serious, every one of you is a leader in some capacity. You might think, oh, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. Every single person is a walking billboard for God. Every person who's a Christian. And that leadership would be very well served if if we remember that when we're engaging with people, you don't act like you're on the mountaintop and that you're the only one who's spiritual. Or let me rephrase that. You don't act like you're holier than thou kind of thing. You want to know why? Because that's not the way to do it. Jesus could have at any time, in any conversation, at any point, go, you, go away from me. I know what's you know, he did. He brought people in knowing the truth. That's different. I think. Well, how do you how do you do that? Nah, I think most of that has to do with the grace of God. I I don't know how to do that by myself. But when I'm talking to people, one thing I've always noticed that the Lord's allowed me to do is connect somewhere in something. And that helps me because then I feel less uptight. <laughs> I guess that's the word. Or less weird or whatever the word is. And that helps me engage. So the only reason I'm trying to bring this up is find common ground. When Philip went to the to the Ethiopian that was eunuch that was in the chariot, they started from where the Ethiopian was in the scripture. Philip didn't take him down some other road. He started right from where the guy was at. That's great advice to communicate your faith, to communicate your the truth, to communicate your mountaintops. 
meet them where they are. Get on level ground. Talk to them. Don't sin like if there is don't you don't have to sin like them per se, but get to the level that they can connect. That's what Jesus did. He was the master connector. And you know why some people rejected him? Rejected him because he got too close. Like, oh, this guy's reading my mail. Yeah, that's not good, <laughs> right? That that's the problem right there. All right, let's uh, f- finish up with. We've done everything we do. We're going to finish up with a word of prayer. Do we cover everything? Oh, I got the trivia. Oh yeah, I should probably answer that. That's a good idea. See, if you had a pink ping pong ball, you could have thrown that right there at the window. In the New Testament, who had no union with his wife until she gave birth to their child? I think we all know that that was Joseph, who had no union with his wife, uh, even though they had the child. And I do think that's amazing that there's the guy that doesn't get enough props because his then-girlfriend said, uh, I'm pregnant. And he said, yeah, how'd that happen? And she said, God. (laughs) How does that guy not get a medal? Come on. All right, let's close out with a word of prayer. Uh, Let's do it. Father, we come before you right now and thank you and praise you for a wonderful week of shows. We're just really blessed by your graciousness that you've poured out on everybody. This weekend's coming up. Please let people stress less. Let them enjoy themselves. Let them relax. Let them get refreshed. Let them find that strength, that energy that comes from you. Bless these people. They're your kids. They're my brothers and sisters. Bless them in every way possible. In Jesus' name, Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. We're going to be taking a 94-and-a-half-hour break. Thank you, Captain Chris. And then we'll be back live. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. Views expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.